the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and God, Amen. The gospel you have just heard is about a great miracle, and I think we are all familiar with it. The paralyzed man who was brought down by his friends in front of Jesus Christ, and we know that Jesus healed him. He granted him the healing beyond any imagination that a paralyzed man who has no hope to be able to move again, he was able to move. But before that, Jesus grant him which is more important and more enduring, more everlasting than just the healing of the body that one day will perish or actually will die because perish, our bodies never perishes. I mean, we, we, we expect the resurrection of even of our bodies, not in a materialistic or fleshly form as we are now, but, but, uh, but in a glorified manner. So, Jesus grants him what is more enduring, what is more everlasting, which is the forgiveness of sins. And this, as usual, triggered a confrontation the, the Pharisees had with him concerning what he said. How can you forgive sin? Forgiveness of sin is only pertaining and belonging to God. This is a claim that you are God, and he is. And he came to forgive sins, because sins are the, the, the reason for death. And he came mainly to give life. To give life and not just that. He gave us to partake in his life. And there is an astonishing statement which will be the, the thesis or the main statement of, of my sermon for today from the Catholic epistle, the second epistle to Saint Pe of St. Peter. I'm going to read it. But the reason why I decided to talk about that, there was, I came across an intriguing, sorry, I need to get my phone. An intriguing statement that was in one of the Supreme Court's ruling in 1992, June 29th, 1992. It was about abortion. I'm not, I'm not going to get in the, in the discussion of abortion. This is not my, my point. And the ruling was about the right of a woman to abort her child or her baby by her own will. Again, I'm not going to say whether I'm with that, or definitely our church is against that, but I'm saying this is not my argument for this sermon. My argument is about a very intriguing statement that came in that ruling. I was able to download it. The way the, the Supreme Court rulings are in, in volumes of books, you can trace it back even to the 16th century, 18th century. In volumes. This is volume 505. This ruling. June 29th, 1992. And in this, they were talking about the, the very private issues or the very personal or individual issues 
like marriage, procreation. And in the, the, this passage, it says the following, and I hope you, you focus on what's written. These matters involving the most intimate and personal choices a person may make in a lifetime. So the, the matters of marriage, procreation, and so forth. These matters involving the most intimate and personal choices a, a person may make in a lifetime. Choices central to personal, personal dignity and autonomy are central to the liberty protected by the 14th Amendment. That's a legal stuff. The, fo the following statement is one that's very intriguing. At the heart of liberty is the right to define. I hope you focus on that. At the heart of liberty, freedom, at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. So, according to this ruling, everyone has to determine, has to determine the meaning of life, the meaning of my existence, the meaning of existence, the meaning of the universe. How many people are here in the church? We are few today. We are not packed. The church is not packed today. But say 250 persons, there is 250 choices and 250 definitions of life. 250 choices of what life would mean. 250 definition of the universe. 250 choices of the mystery of human life. Everyone has to choose. And personally, I don't think I'm against this statement. The problem is, how can we make that definition? How to formulate a definition for myself? And what sources or what source from which I, I would be able to draw a meaning of life, of the universe, of the mystery of human life? I mean, that's a big question. Very big question, huge one. And I hope we make that definition. Or at least we have it, and it's very clear to us. It's very clear to us. I hope we ask this question. What is my definition for each one of these big... What is my definition to the universe? What is my definition to the mystery of the human, human life? What is the, the, my definition of the meaning and, and what is the def definition of existence? The reason why I, 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 I came across this statement, and it's very intriguing, and I think, I hope, we have a clear definition of that, and I think the, the passage that, that has been just read on the Catholic epistle from the, the epistle of St. Peter, the second epistle. It, it, I think it answers that. It says the following. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. And again, the knowledge. So we are granted knowledge, but it's not an intellectual knowledge. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life. So life is a given, is a gift given to us. Life is a gift given to us. It's not just being for 70, 80, 100 years, but it's eternal life. 
and life was interrupted by death. And the story of the Bible, the narrative, the biblical narrative, it tells us what the story. There is death. But Jesus came to defeat that death. He came to give us life. A better life than this earthly life, which we all attest that it is not the best. It is not the best. And we all longing for, for things that we are not able to attain. And when we feel that, when we attain something and we'll be happy, we'll attain happiness by these things, when we, we attain them for some time, we found that no, we are not satisfied. We're going we're gonna to set another goal to our life. And we become addicts. You know what addiction? I take a drug. And I have a certain feeling, whatever it is, high, being high, hmm? happy, high, okay? And then the, the effect of this drug, it fades away after a day, 24 hours. I look for the drug, I get it again. But this time it doesn't last more than 23 hours. And then... I need to take it more frequently. And then, no, this kind is not giving me what I used to get. I'm going to get another drug, a stronger drug, cocaine. And, and, and it leads to destruction. And we do that, I'm not saying in a bad way. It might be my job, it might be my career. It's not bad, I mean, it's not as bad as drug. I'm not, drugs are, are clearly bad, obviously bad. But I mean, sometimes I, I deal with anything in life as the source of satisfaction, and it doesn't get me that. It doesn't get me that. But what, so from where we get our satisfaction, this passage is saying, as his divine power has given us to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge of God, and where the knowledge of God is revealed, in his word and his incarnate word in Jesus Christ no one has seen God the Father but we, we knew him we saw him in the Son in his incarnate Son through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue so we are called for glory career we are looking for a certain glory, achievement the, the culture, our culture is about achievement, glory we have glory in Him. And any glory on earth fades away. And it will be interrupted anyway by death. It will be interrupted by death. But the glory that we have in Him, it's an everlasting glory. And this is what He wants to give us. And this, if we understood that, I think this can help us to shape a definition of what the mystery of human life according to the Supreme Court ruling, the statement of the Supreme Court ruling, what is the mystery of human life? What is the mystery of, of existence? What is the mystery of the universe? Who called us by glory and virtue, by which have, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, great and precious promises. We are always doing things because we have a promise that we're going to achieve something. I want to get to a certain school because getting to a certain school will get me a certain degree and a certain job and a certain job will, will assure to me a certain income and as this income will assure to me a good life 
promises. But the promises here are by which have give, been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through this you may be partakers of the divine nature. I mean, I think the promises are set very high. We're going to be partakers in the divine nature. We're going to be partakers of the divine nature. He will give us to partake in his divine nature. I mean, what is greater than that? What is everlasting more than that? This is, I think this should shape the definition of our existence, of the universe, of the mystery of human life. It's not just liberty. Make a choice. And it's good that we have liber liberty. And he granted us even to deny his existence. And to consider our existence in this life is absurd. Many reached that conclusion that the absurdity of this life, it is absurd. Apart from this system of understanding of who God is, who we are, what life is, I think life is absurd. Yes, it is. It is. It doesn't have no it doesn't have any meaning. It doesn't have any meaning. So we are given to be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world, because this is the world. What the world is promising us is corruption. Because whatever you're gonna achieve, what is the end? Death. At, at, uh, six feet one how do you call it? Uh, six feet under. Six feet under. This is the, 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 the promise of this life. And the promise everyone will attain, will get to. But this is not the promise of Christians. This is not the promise of the Bible. The promise of the Bible is eternal life. The promise of the Bible is partaking in the divine nature or of the divine nature. The promise of the, the Bible is glory. Great promises, exceedingly great promises. This is how we can define the mystery of life. And then he goes on to say, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge to knowledge, self-control, and so forth. We need to live a life according to that definition. So the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm saying all of what, what I've said, that I hope we, we are not, I'm not saying we are going to formulate a, a definition for all those big questions the, the mystery of the human life and the existence and, and, and the, the universe now. But I hope we have that. We had that. Because this is the meaning of our life. And I hope we emphasize that. We remember that. I, I hope my sermon is a reminder to that. And this will control how we live this life. The, I'm going to conclude with what one of the church fathers said he said that St. Clement of Alexandria, he is one of the deans of, of the school of Alexandria. Um, he lived in, in the second, in the end, by the end of the second century. He said choice depended on the man as being free. So he affirms the, the, the statement of the, the, the Supreme Court ruling. Liberty is one's own choice to define the human life, the mystery of human life, the existence. Yes, it's one's own choice. So choice depended on the man as being free. 
But the gift, the gift of life, the gift of partaking in the, of the divine nature, but the gift depended on God as the Lord. And he gives to those who are willing. And here is the prescription. How, how this can be shaped. Three things he prescribes. Who are willing. So we need to be willing to partake in his divine, to have eternal life. Who are willing. Second, are exceedingly earnest. They are very keen to get that. So our keenness, our, our earnest to get this life. So willing, earnest, exceedingly earnest. And who ask? Pray. Three things. Three things. We need to ask for that. We need to be willing for, for that. We need to be earnest to get it. Three things. So, but the gift depended on God as the Lord. And he gives to those who are willing, are exceedingly earnest, and who ask, so their salvation becomes their own. Yes. Liberty is our own choice for the definition of these big things. But it should be according to the path of salvation. That's why he says, so their salvation becomes their own, for God does not compel. He does not compel. He is granting us. He, I think the, the, the ruling of the Supreme Court, it goes with, with God's mind. I'm not saying to give abortion. I'm not saying to make the choices. But concerning abortion, I think it's the life of someone else. But that's another discussion. But I don't want to leave it open. But I'm saying that, yes, we are free to make our own choices. But hopefully we do it according to this narrative, to this system of belief. And it's true. And it made saints who are willing and who are earnest and who ask. And glory be to God forever. Amen.